Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. We are back after a, a couple weeks away. And for Michigan football, so is everybody else. Jim Harbaugh announced that, that he is coaching Michigan in 2023. There was some NFL interest uh he interviewed with the denver broncos his name was being floated out for other jobs as well and in addition to him there's a lot of players who are coming back blake corum uh chris jenkins cornelius johnson uh trevor keegan i mean it's it's actually a pretty long list a pretty pretty remarkable list it says something about today's college football that that all these players would come back uh says something about michigan you know keeping to their promise that that the current or the players who are on the team uh, they want to compensate them, and and it sounds like at least a few of those players understanding that they can make uh, significant revenue this coming season with another year of Michigan exposure, another year as one of the star players. So we'll talk about all of that. We'll start with Jim Harbaugh, though. Uh, Steve, we can go in a few different directions here. I'll let you kind of decide first. About two hours ago, it was announced that he would be coaching it was it was uh santa ono the michigan's president who who initially announced it and then they did did that classic you know jim harbaugh quote tweet statement of santa's tweet i don't know why this like michigan just always has to announce things in the weirdest way but regardless um your biggest thought right now when it comes to the jim harbaugh stuff and his his decision to return and ultimately how this all transpired you know, these things, like, there's always, like, a lot of noise with this stuff, you know, and, and yeah, we cover it, the noise. J- the thing about Jim, it's, it's he's never really, like, BS, he's not a BS type of guy. We know that. Uh, we've we've heard what player, what he's told players. Uh, we've had a couple of recruits, you know, being, with him being open about, you know, if an NFL team calls, I will listen, but I, I would prefer and I want to be at Michigan. Biggest takeaway for me is what what direction this goes like say a year from now 11 months from now because for all intents and purposes Michigan is you know at the very least going to be a top five but but I would assume I would say top three I think you even tweeted before the show uh they'll have a case at number for number one I fully agree with with all the guys that Jeez, this is the guys that came back in the last 24 hours uh, with those guys all coming back. I mean, you know, you're not just talking about experience coming back. You're talking about major talent uh, at, at important positions, particularly on both sides of the line. So, yeah, I just wonder if this is really it. The one thing we were, you and I talked about before the show, which I think is kind of interesting with with Jim in particular, is we see college coaches use – other open jobs as leverage, like all the time. You know what I mentioned? Like I said, we took beforehand with, you know, I mentioned James Franklin as somebody who's like his, seems like his name always seems to kind of come up when there's like a major open job. I know LSU, USC last couple seasons where again, not maybe not the fourth, not the guy at the forefront of those coaching searches, but his name always seems to pop up and he's been able to weasel, at least two contract extensions out of open coaching jobs over the years. Jim's only leverage is with the NFL, you know, and these coaches, the agents, whatever, they make these leverage plays all the time. It's, it's, 
and again, one of the other questions is, is, is it really about money for Jim or are there other things about Michigan trying to improve the program from the top down, maybe that he, he wants to see a little bit more with the NIL, that type of deal. But his only, you know, he's not somebody who's ever going to leave Michigan for another college job. I think that's a, about as certainty as about as big a certainty as you can have. That means there's only the NFL out there uh, and the NFL, the, the, the sphere, the NFL sphere, the atmosphere, whatever, very public information. You know, I think somebody tweeted out the entire list of candidates for the Colts this afternoon. There was like 10 names on there, you know, they're they're like required to report that list okay yeah or maybe not report the list but everyone they interview with i think they're required to like disclose that correct so so yeah so with that i mean that makes the point even more is like if a team even has him on their list which again i mean i still think now in san francisco he has one of the highest winning percentage like a minimum like 60 or 70 games coach in nfl history the guy can coach football we know that he might be on a list every off season, right? I mean, again, maybe not the top guy, but whether it's him throwing it out there or the NFL team has legitimate interest, that's his only, that's really the only angle of leverage that he's going to have if he ever wants to negotiate his contract, you know? And like, like, as you said, Zach, like if they have to report that, you know, that's the only way he may be able to, you know, get what he wants or, or, you know, make some, get some changes that he's looking for, whatever. So that's, I think that angle of it, pretty fascinating. I, again, I don't, I I had no doubt. And again, there's a lot of noise. I I never really anticipated that he was actually going to leave. I think that was all, you know, and not only that, but I, I knew when he wasn't on the Colts list, if there was anything that wrapped it up for me and any doubt I had in my mind is when he was not on that list for Indy, given his career there, uh, his relationship with Jim Ursay, like, you know, I would have thought Mich- I would have thought Andy would have at least been interested enough to, to give him an op to give him an opportunity. Right. Have to think he was asked at one point. Not, right. Something about the Some, job, something. Right. right? And the, I think the list was like 10 guys and it's like, okay, Harbaugh's not on there. That was like four or five hours ago. It was before this was all announced today. And I thought, you know, again, already, Never really had much doubt that he was going to leave, or I mean stay. I, I figured he was going to stay the entire time, but that pretty much put the final nail in the coffin uh, for me. So that's the big takeaway. I know there's also the the AD president situation too, I think is a fascinating uh, underlying storyline that kind of developed off of this as well. Yeah, and that's, that's probably where I'll go next. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I was never under the strong assumption that he would leave. I was a little surprised. I mean, I think I like woke up up to the news that he interviewed with the, with the Broncos, like what, two or three days after doing his weird, no man knows the future, but here's what I'm thinking right. statement that, that <laughs> was very useless in a lot of ways. Yes. But so I was a little surprised when he interviewed, that's when it, I went from like a one or two to like maybe a three or four on the certainty the, that he would return. Or, scale. Yeah. 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 The concern scale. But but then when like nothing really came of it and it, it wasn't like, you know, you didn't see the rumors like heating up, you know, that's when I was kind of like, all right, this, this sounds to me a little bit more like a negotiation. And the one thing that I, I told people during it that always jumped out to me is that this was kind of the first year that he was really using an agent. And it, I think, it, I believe it was his brother's agent. And to me that, that says a little bit different. If you if you know how his contract was agreed upon initially to come to Michigan, it was not like this agent, big, you know, financially motivated negotiations. Um, obviously, you know, taking that pay cut and not walking is, is another. I mean, this he's not someone who has constantly been seeking you know, the James Franklin, right. Mel Tucker type payday. That's not really his game. And so when I heard there was an agent, that's when I started to wonder if there was a negotiation component and, and, you know, I want to give our, our Sam Webb a ton of credit. I think his, his uh, web blogs have really laid out both sides. I think both parties had, had something that they wanted to negotiate here. Uh, Harbaugh, I think I was a little surprised. I mean, if if we really zoom out, he went 12 and two, won the big 10, you know, pulled off national coach of the year caliber turnaround. 
And he ended up being the fourth highest paid coach in his own division. That was the the rectification the product, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So so that you know, I, I I don't I don't think he he was just looking for a paycheck here, but it was surprising last year that that you know it wasn't like this. It, Michigan didn't overreact to Harbaugh's uh, success, which which I think a lot of schools do when it comes to contracts. I mean, feels like Kirk Ferentz got an extension while we had this podcast, right? Yeah, uh, for, yeah. for for pulling in yeah. a good transfer class, <laughs> and so so you know Michigan didn't overreact, and 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 I think the other thing that that always jumps out to me, and and this is a little bit more speculative on my end at least, but I always get a kick out of like schools. I, I guess I don't need to name certain schools, but you could probably look around and, and figure it out where the athletic department will fall on every sword needed to to make sure that their head coach looks good in the headlines. You know, has all the support that he needs. Um, you know, the, they'll they'll have whatever embarrassing press conference answer they need to have uh, to make their coach feel supported. So, I, so part of me, you know, I think there was negotiation financially, but I also think there was a little bit of like, like, hey, what's you guys cut my pay? You you kind of got me back on a on a. I think they were he was number twelve in the country in salary, but now I'm cl- he's clearly not the number twelve coach in the country anymore. Right. I mean, he is clearly. Uh, on on top five could probably make a pretty strong case for top three at this point. Um, and, and so I think it was a little bit of that, but then, then, you know, we brought it up before the show. Mich- Michigan has a side in this negotiation too. This is the third year in a row. Now, 2020, it didn't, didn't make as much public uh, headway because people were wondering if Michigan wanted him, let alone the NFL. But this is the third year in a row that feelers have been put out about the NFL's interest in Jim Harbaugh did not help Michigan's 2023 recruiting class. This is not helping Michigan's 2024 recruiting class. And so, you know, Michigan and thinking specifically about Ward Manuel, there's an, is there an obligation to like stand up for Michigan here? And I I think that there is now we'll talk about some of it in in just a moment, but I, I do, you know, you brought up a good point. He's not out on an Island saying, Hey, Jim, you got to stop doing this. No more of this NFL stuff. Wanting a bigger buyout, wanting some sort of assurance, more than just no man knows the future, but I really like coaching Michigan or or whatever, you know, whatever quote Harbaugh will come out with. So I, I, I'm really fascinated in the negotiation standpoint. I'm curious to see if, you know, the, the reported new contract that they're working on, kind of what those numbers look like. Salary is a big one, of course, but also the years on it. And how that how that buyout changes uh, over the years, because Michigan has shown that it's not going to kill the product that they have in the locker room. I mean, if if there was any consternation about Harbaugh's NFL deal last year, it never once showed in the locker room, not on the field, not in press conferences, not behind the scenes. But I do think that there is a long term detriment to this happening again and again and again. So, Steve, I guess what are you, what are your thoughts on the on the negotiation side of things? I I don't know that that's entirely what him interviewing with the Broncos was, but when I hear an agent's involved, when I know when there's rumors and reports of of a new contract, that's kind of where my mind went. Is okay, I, I, clearly something's being negotiated here. Uh, your thoughts on how how it was all handled on both sides? Yeah, I mean the <laughs> Ono and Harbaugh, President Ono, President that Santa too. Ono. Yeah, Ward was was absent from like, Harbaugh's statement, and Ono said, "Just they, got off the phone with Jim. He's returning." I mean, how often does a president break that news? And had a graphic ready, like it wasn't he didn't even just tweet it. Like there was a graphic with him with it on there saying, "You know, it was almost like I honestly, I I legitimately wonder, did Ward find out at the same time that like you or I did?" Being That's on a Twitter, very like, fair question. Like. It has to have been a distinct possibility, right? Which is, you know, uh, um, fascinating. And again, I think I saw a tweet right before I got on where somebody asked uh, John Bacon if, is there another school where in the country where where this level of, like where nobody else knows what goes on at other, you know, how often are are the relationship between the, the head coach, the president and the AD for out for public display the way that Michigan's has in this 
this situation, right? I mean, very rarely do you see, um, especially something like that for the for the school president who how long has he been on the job? Four months, I <laughs> yeah, think. at most, yeah. right? And for him to come up and like you know, no meant you know to say I'm gonna I'm gonna call Ward and let him know, uh, you know, it's like just fascinating to me because yeah i think the one thing on manuals end that i'm curious and I, maybe we'll find out and or maybe we'll never know is yeah if there was some just a, some pushback saying well hey you know like because he was pretty adamant after last season that that was that was it with the nfl well right? and, if, and if harbaugh walks the, the athletic director at a, at a major college is such a thankless position i i will acknowledge that right like if yeah. things are even when things are going extremely well across the athletics department, everyone there's, there's always something and it's always the athletic director that, that takes the blame. But like in his defense, Harbaugh said he wasn't going to pursue the NFL. And then he did. And if he walks, no one's going to be like, I mean, maybe a few people would be mad at Harbaugh, but the, the, the torch and pitchforks would be vast, pointed at Ward Manuel. Yes. Vast majority. I mean, you had people on our board blaming, manual for beeline when beeline left on his own terms right i mean to my knowledge he didn't leave yeah discussion for another day i think there was more ward could have done but i would it have changed would it have changed the outcome is it fair to say he was the sole reason like i don't think john beeline was like i can't work with this guy yeah i can't work with this guy (laughs) i'm gonna go coach the Cavs for three weeks um so yeah that whole the whole angle, yeah, is is fascinating. I know again on our board, people are already wondering how much longer will will Ward be on the job. Um I it, it definitely throws uh a wrench. I mean, you know, if you're him right now, you gotta feel pretty you, you I, I can't imagine. I would be he's very, so I would be so mad. Yeah, I would I mean, be so yeah. Because, like, I mean, yeah, Santa, everything about him seems great. I, I saw him at the December commencement. Um, I've, I've seen him in a couple other settings. He's, it's, it's incredible how easy he's making this job look. Because yep. it's not supposed to be an easy job. Yep. But he is somehow attacking the academics, like, uh, you know, like his credentials would suggest. And yet, when it comes to sports... He's like one of our message board. Like if you told me yeah. he, he'd been yeah. a Victor's Club message board member since like 2010 and had like 3,000 posts under this anonymous account name, I would believe him because yeah. like that's what he tweets like and and he's very online. Whereas like Ward Manual, I will say, you know, one thing that's hurting him here, at, at least in my opinion, no social nope. media posting. No public, yeah, no Has no not public had yeah. an in-person press conference in at least four years, maybe even five or six i mean it it's not a thing that he does whereas you feel like it's like gene smith is explaining his decisions of like what he ate for breakfast you know he's having a press conference every other day ohio state's athletic director for those that don't know and so um that's i was gonna say he's not helping himself right oh no intelligently sort of seizing the seizing public opinion by pushing the i'm a fan also angle right i mean how easy was like how easy was it for him to rally you know i think people we had people thinking that he was gonna like pull a 180 on the nil stuff when he showed up that like just his presence alone was going to like change michigan's recruiting momentum i mean i know some posters on the board joked about i remember they got a couple commits right before signing day claiming it was because of santa ono that they picked up a commitment you know i mean so very intelligent on his end to yes yeah, sort of seize the the public opinion and 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 take advantage of this situation really i mean not not maliciously at all just saying like he jumped on this and now is like, like it's free clout. yeah like, people want to put a statue he, he does not of, look bad here at all yes. yeah, yeah he's already, <laughs> he's already he's already working on it like at statue level at this point so um so yeah, that whole triangle there, coach, president, AD is is going to be over the next like say six months or so is going to be fascinating because like I I'm in total agreement with you. If I'm Ward Manual, uh, regardless of what role he has or hasn't played, and and when we get to the nitty gritty, if if 
fans, whoever are are correct or incorrect, regardless, the way this played out today, I would I would not be happy at all. Uh, if I was him, I would be I would feel very disrespected, honestly. I mean, you know, like you you talk about a thankless spot to be. You talk about the job being thankless. Talk about a thankless spot to be in. I mean, you're you're basically undermining your your athletic director, you know, to to get a deal done with your head football coach. It's just and and again in the public eye, you know, not behind closed doors. Like this was done as publicly as possible. So I I wonder if Ono thinks I should probably align myself with Harbaugh instead of classic. Yeah. Pick the right right side. Right. Like, I mean, that's that because like, if he had come out and, and said, um, you know, I I stand with Ward Manuel as we, as we both, you know, are, are hoping or want to keep Jim Harbaugh, you know, not going to get the same reaction as, Hey, I just got off the phone with Jim. He's in, he's back. We're going to do this. I'm going to call Ward. And let him know. Um, the good you know? News. Yeah, like so. Yeah, no. Uh, but again. but I will say to to you. You mentioned is is he just siding with Harbaugh? He should. Yeah, and this is I not agree. this is not a slight at Ward, but the the fans are probably closer to keep Harbaugh at all costs. Yep. And I, oh, yeah. I always absolutely ca- like like find the boosters, find the donors. You know, pause a construction project if you have to. Or start one for the football team. Like, just figure out how to keep Jim Harbaugh because they finished in the top three of the AP poll for the first time since 1947, 1948. If anyone who is listening remembers those teams, let me know. We'll we'll highlight you sometime because it's 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 just it's been a very long time since they were at this level. Now they've won a national championship in '97. They were fantastic in the '70s. Um, you know, a lot of top five finishes, but. And 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 they're going to be really good next year. We'll talk about that on the on the other side of this break in just a moment. But this is a special moment, and Jim Harbaugh created it. Ward Manuel allowed it to happen by not firing Jim Harbaugh by not caving to public opinion. So credit to him for that. But at some point, the president, especially, and I think the athletic director, do have to think about public opinion when it comes to this stuff. I mean, if you're if you're Ward Manuel. I get the frustration of Harbaugh suddenly letting this become a thing again. But if the people, if the people that go to your games and buy your tickets and support your athletic department are all pretty much unanimously saying, surely you can find 12 million for Jim Harbaugh or whatever the number ends up being, you got to listen to them. And so, so Sansa's doing a great job. I mean, that's what a university president does is their, their job is to make people feel really good about the university and want to, help contribute financially to the university and siding with Harbaugh is probably the easiest way to do that. And it's, it's also like kind of part of the job. If he came out and was being a a thorn in the side or a stick in the mud, he would sound a lot like the previous president. Right. And that's part of why he is the previous president. So yeah, to me, I think it's, it's really smart. It's, it's honestly refreshing you know, not that not I know no one really cares about the reporter's point of view, but it's really nice when there's a little bit more transparency or commentary or I also like when he shares our stories, which he has, uh, you know, the one on Davis Warren that Alejandro wrote the other day. Again, he's just making that job look really easy. And I feel like Ward, by being kind of rec- recluse from the public, is making it look well, I it's hard. I think it's hard for, for anyone to really understand his side of things because he's not. Like sharing that side. We, yeah, we don't. Just not a lot we have about. no idea what his side is, right? That's why I said. I mean, if if we ever find out what that is, you know, it would make it a lot more interesting. And we, we can only guess. Like I said, that maybe he, you know, kind of got a little aggressive with the a like. But maybe Harbaugh um, had like this terrible, terribly unreasonable demand. That's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like we we never know. Yeah. Um, so either way, though, it's clear. Two things. One thing's clear uh, that the Harbaugh manual relationship is is obviously not. Um, in a good spot it can't it, it can't be if if he's the one calling oh no um to get this I feel like that's what was said right that he I think you could count uh, on one hand maybe even one finger the amount of times Jim Harbaugh called, called Mark Schlissel yeah. is that fair I yep. mean that which is which is great I I think a president athletic director coach if everyone's on the same page that 
football gotcha. team's going to go somewhere. Best case scenario, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but just how how wild is it that you know, did Mark Schlissel even like? No, Michigan had a football team. Yeah, it's like no. kinda, he wasn't he wasn't gonna be breaking this news. So so definitely an interesting situation and uh does present questions about the manual Harbaugh relationship. Yeah, no, I agree. I like I said, like if we get the whole story at some point, it'll be fascinating to see. I don't know, do we ever really though? I don't know, like, you know, maybe, but um Do you think the contract if it's a very Harbaugh friendly contract, do you think that's a sign that maybe Santa kind of came in and said, let's just get this done. Forget the cost, forget whatever, forget yeah, the buyout, could... just get him on board now. Yeah, there's some yep. value to that. Yep. The contract, like we'll probably, yeah, it'll, it'll paint the context. I think it's just, you know, we won't know who wanted what at first. Did they come to a compromise? Did Jim get everything he, like, did he get everything he actually asked for? Like we won't, the actual, you know, negotiation tactics, you know, we probably will never get the full. Maybe, and like I said, maybe we'll no. get some of it. If I reward, point. though, I would leave I, some he, of that, he, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's, and that's why I wonder, you know, we could get some. It, like I said, hard to get all of it. But, yeah, I mean, you got to think, like, hey, like, here's my side. Like, you know, can we? There's please? surely got to be one reporter out there with, who would you know, yes. Filter, take the 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 opposing side of this yes. Harbaugh. Take the debate. info. Yep. But regardless, Jim Harbaugh's back. Michigan seems to be. May I, in my mind, they've already won a game this offseason based on all the returns that they have. We're going to talk about that on the other side of this commercial break. You're listening to the Wolverine twenty four seven podcast. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Thanks for waiting. So, so we talked about all the Jim Harbaugh stuff. Now let's shift to the players, the team. Michigan did lose some players to the NFL draft who had remaining eligibility. Mike Morris, DJ Turner, Jamon Green. I think I don't think Ryan Hayes or Olu Oluwatimi had had a remaining eligibility, but Mozzie Smith. There were there were a couple, but I think every single player had a degree if I'm not mistaken, or or is going to get one in the spring. And then more more notably to this discussion, it felt like every player who wasn't, it seems like everyone else who was on the fence or thinking about it came back. Blake Corum, Cornelius Johnson, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter. Jenkins. Chris Jenkins, that was a big one too. Michael Barrett for a sixth yeah. six season. I mean, some of this is... I think the COVID, you know, there's extra eligibility involved and, and some, I I don't know if any of those players, I heard, you know, there was a report that Chris Jenkins got a top 100 draft grade. I assume Blake Corum would have gone in the top 100, but I don't know that the other decisions were necessarily, I don't think anyone like turned down a first round deal. Like, like I think there was rumors about CJ Stroud. I don't think NIL is getting to that point, but, but Steve, this does seem a little NIL driven. Like I don't think Blake Corum is coming back if he doesn't have an opportunity to make a significant coin, maybe even more than he would make if he were drafted, like say 75th overall. Sure. Um, he's a Heisman favorite among the favorites, probably for next year. He's the face of, of Michigan football. He's a national name. And 
and he gets to he can he has a chance to go down as you know one of the top two running backs in Michigan football history. So, so Steve, I I guess where I'll start with this is is what player's decision. I don't know if surprise is the right word because we usually have a good sense of where things are going before they're announced, but but maybe if you're zooming out a little bit, which player's decision is the most notable or surprising to you? Uh, well, I think Corum has to be number one, even, even with a potential NIL boon for him, just because of, well, how prolific and how great his season was, you know, it's kind of one of those, you're like, well, that guy's going to go. Right. I mean, I think we especially assume... at running back, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. such a short yeah. shelf life in the NFL. You think, okay, you're unanimous all American. What more do you have to prove? Well, it's the same thing. Like, it's a different situation. I tweeted this about Stroud this morning. I thought the idea of him potentially coming back was one of the stupidest things. There's no way Ohio State, I don't think any team in the country could have raised enough NIL to even approach, you know, what he's going to make as a top five pick, I'm sure. Top three, four, probably can't imagine he gets past Indy. Um, you know, so same thing, like no, imp- no way to improve your stock. I don't know how Blake Corum improves his stock, to be honest, right? So I I think that's why or where, like you said, as not a first-round pick, that's where NIL can really pay dividends for a a major program like Michigan. So, And that goes into sort of how Michigan's pitched it, too, where they're not throwing the bags around on the recruiting trail for unsigned high school guys, but they are telling guys, if you come here, you compete, and you perform, you you will do very well. For yourself, uh, I, I don't. I don't doubt that the uh, what the new va- the recent Valiant push, the one more year thing, have to imagine that played a role. I think they've even yeah, specifically I mean, that, said right. It's, yeah. it's about as clear as day that they they were right. trying to do something for that. And Very for those smart. who don't know, yes, really smart. And that's that's to me that was always like where Michigan could win with the NIL is like every year for year for basketball and for football seems like there's like. 200,000 fans, like even the players who are projected first round picks, like sometimes they regret or they feel feel bad leaving early just because there is such a colossal fan base who does like the, the one more year chance during games or goes crazy in social media comments. So yeah, for those that don't know Valiant, U of M, the NIL collective, one of the, I believe maybe the biggest Michigan endorsed one. It, they had this campaign for, and they, they were pretty up, up front about the players too, which was, I thought was notable, you know, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter, Cornelius Johnson, Blake Corum were kind of the headliners and they were trying to raise NIL collective funds that were geared toward come back one more year. Yep. So besides that, I think probably Zach Zinter is probably the other guy. Um, I don't know if he, yeah, probably not a first rounder, but I think he, think he had a shot if he tested well I think he'd had a shot to get drafted in a pretty decent spot so to get both him in and Trevor Keegan back with with what they added in the portal I mean losing Oluwatimi is huge and center is going to be probably one of the bigger question marks for Michigan next year but even with Drake Nugent coming in and a couple younger but semi-experienced third-year guys now in Crippen and Anderson uh you know, they could compete for a third straight Joe Moore with with all the talent and 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 ability they have up front. So, you know, yeah, Corum, the big one where you're kind of like, wow, that's like, I can't believe he's, you know, kind of one of those, I can't believe he's coming back. You know, I can't believe he's going to play for Michigan again next year. But besides that, I think Zinter's probably the one other guy uh, that I kind of look at and say, you know, that one I think could have, was the only other one I looked at like, eh, is he, is he for sure going to come back or might he, kind of make a run at it. I mean, here's the other thing, too, to think about, Zach. Michigan offensive linemen, I know they've won the Joe Moore the last two years, but the end of, like, Michigan's offensive line guys, the last six, like, basically since Harbaugh's been there, are killing it in the NFL. Saw Ben Bredesen had a good game for the Giants yesterday when they beat Minnesota. John Runyon Jr. might be Green Bay's best offensive lineman right now. I mean, those and those are the guys, Cesar Ruiz had a huge bounce back here. For New Orleans, I think he had a rough year last year, but I think he really bounced back this season. Michael Onwinu is is making a big, a great career for himself in, in New England. I mean, 
guys that are up, are leaving Michigan up front are, are having uh, are not just making NFL rosters, but having successful careers. So, you know, I think I got to imagine there, there had to have been some internal debate uh, maybe for both Keegan and Zinter where it's like, you know, I might not be a first round guy, but I, I know I can make an NFL roster. And, and, you know, we know that we've been well learning from some of the best. I mean, it's just, you know, so that's where I'm kind of at on that one. Yeah, I think, I mean, Corum's the most surprising and, and, you know, kind of caught wind of it during Fiesta Bowl week. Like, oh, this is probably how it's going to go down. But at, if you really like zoom out and think about it, I mean, the last unanimous All-American who came back to Michigan. Steve, do you remember who it was? Do you, do you know this one? I think I tweeted it out once. Not Jake Butt. No, it's it's long unanimous all unanimous all American, uh, Trip Wellborn. Oh, geez, okay. Yeah. So it's been a long time. I mean, you even like even before players were leaving early for the draft, like ton over and over and over. Uh, it's usually unanimous all American. That's kind of like the you have done your work. Good luck in your NFL career because yeah. there's just not a ton left to prove in college. And and really, that'll be kind of the storyline. You know, that'll be probably the first question for Blake Corum is like, you know, what what are the goals this year? But one Besides thing team, to know, what's yeah. an individual, right? I mean, right. You know what, well, we, it might just be the team goals because, yeah. he, you know, yep. to, in, in defense of his decision to return, which I don't think it needs to be defended. I mean, he's, right. he's welcome to do whatever he wants, but, but he did miss the Ohio state game. You know, he did well, most True. of it. He did miss the big 10 championship. He did miss the college football playoff. And I think, I mean, Personal opinion, I think Michigan beats TCU if Blake Corum's on the field. I agree. I think they score those two goal line situations. I think they have a more consistent offense in in the, the other parts of that first half. So I can see, you know, not just, I mean, you know, the team goals are always kind of the cliche, but like if he's healthy, might be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Got to assume he's in probably, New York. Probably yeah. playing in the national championship game. Don't know if they win based on how Georgia looked, but but at the same time, you know, there there is more for him personally to to accomplish, but it does feel like this is the it's a it's a perfect storm for Michigan to to have Blake Horn back. But really the one that that the two that I guess surprised me for two different reasons, or I guess same reasons, but for Cornelius Johnson, just because he had a degree. He he was a graduate in December and he's been a th- three-ish year starter. Um, I don't know that his NFL prospects were like sky high, but he had a great game against Ohio State, won two Big Ten titles. You know, and the, and, the, and the receiver room is really crowded too. Like it's not like he's going to go off for 1,200 yards next year. But that one I think is quietly very important. I, yeah, uh, I was just going to say. I mean, I Michigan lost, losing Ronnie Bell. They lost Andrew Anthony to the transfer portal. They have plenty of talent still on the roster. Right, Roman Wilson, Darius Clemens, AJ Henning. Uh, you could probably continue going down the list. Tyler Morris, Amarian Walker. But yeah, to have someone experienced and and a real like true outside guy who can be a, be the deep ball threat, be kind of someone that JJ McCarthy's got great chemistry with. I think that that's quietly valuable. Then the other one is is Michael Barrett because he, he's gonna. I think he has a three semester graduate program it's quietly a work smarter not harder move by michigan getting so many players in these three semester master's degree programs this past fall so that they can come back if they want to knowing that there's that extra covid year of eligibility and everything that comes with that so uh, i think that one that one to me is emblematic that that of the culture deal at michigan right now that i think there's a true because he's not coming back to a guaranteed starting job junior colson is is returning Ernest Hausman was added. I think if I were to pick who I think would start, I, I think I'd maybe lean Hausman. I, I maybe give yeah. Barrett the nod just because he's an he's the incumbent, but um I don't think it's a guarantee that Barrett is going to play a huge role. And he graduated last year, one two big ten time. I mean, he was the one of the guys holding the trophy, so um and he's gonna be twenty three. But so so for me, the fact that he's coming back for a sixth season where he's not guaranteed a starting job, at least I don't think he's guaranteed a starting job. And the room is going to be more crowded. Jimmy Rolder's a year older. Don't know Nikai Hill Green's situation, but you know, he was out this season. Yeah. That was kind of that was kind of what allowed Barrett to be a starter 
I think most people were penciling uh, Nakai in as a starter. So it's a, it's a more crowded room, but for him to come back to me says that this is a train a lot of players want to be on. We can talk about the NIL. We can talk about, oh, the draft grade was this or that. Uh, there's players who want to play for Michigan. They have that Ohio State juju right now. It felt like Ohio State yeah. would always have a player who would, not nonsensically, but like go against what I think people thought was going to happen and say, I want to be a part of Ohio State again because because of the culture, because of the the uh, roster that you have, the opportunity to win a national championship. It feels like Michigan has that right now in 2023. And Steve, we, we've kind of teased it a couple times. I think I would personally pick Michigan number two in the, if I were to do a preseason poll. I think Georgia, they're going to lose more, right? They're losing Stetson Bennett. Um, they're losing Darnell Washington. They're losing, I assume, a decent number of defensive starters and, and, and other key players. But they are Georgia. I mean, they've won two two years in a row. They've they've only lost one game, and you could argue that it was a meaningless conference championship game where they were already going to make it to the playoffs no matter what. Can't can't really put Michigan ahead of them right now. But I would I would put Michigan number two, and I think they would have a case as number one. RB one's back, QB one's back, coaches head coach is back, Donovan Edwards is back. Eight defensive starters. I added up thirty three two deep players from this season. Are, are back three offensive linemen I mean there really isn't a position group maybe cornerback cornerback is maybe the one yeah. where it's you, you aren't entirely sure who the who's going to be a star you maybe across from Mike Zane we're still in Will Johnson and even that position right I just named two guys who were really yeah. good in yeah. really big games so Steve Michigan number two I mean is this a what what kind of how did the past week uh either solidify or modify your expectations for Michigan this fall. I think, I think two is good. I think the other thing I mentioned before, it's kind of funny. Every off, we always harp on the uh, Penn state being like the, the off season darling for everybody every year. And then they rarely, I think actually this would be the off season. I think I'm buying Penn state this year. If I was ranking preseason, I think with, with CJ Stroud leaving, I would have Penn state ahead of Ohio state. Now, don't know if Ohio State's going to go into the portal for, you know, if another quarterback, if there's a quarterback out there that enters or whatever, maybe that's the route Ohio State goes. Otherwise, you're going to have a pretty much totally inexperienced starting quarterback. Talented. Talented, right? A couple five-star guys. Always talented, but inexperienced. You know, I I think Penn State with Drew Aller, who who got a much more ample experience this year than anybody else behind behind it, uh, more than anybody behind C.J. Stroud did. And a, and a couple of really good, really, really good young defensive players, Abdul Carter. I think Kalen King out of Detroit is, a, is another big timer. Running um, backs aren't bad either. Yeah, yeah. Don't, uh, well, Singleton, yep. Singleton's got some Saquon Barkley to him. Uh, if you're comparing Penn State, I don't think he is Saquon Barkley, but he's definitely got that home run capability. So, yeah, on paper, I'm taking Penn State. Well, they got Olu Fashanu to come back, too. You talk about culture. Uh, Fashanu was a first-round I feel like a first round projection, you get a first round tackle back as well. So on paper, I'm actually thinking Penn state uh, is the, is the team behind Michigan, but I think two is totally fine. I also, you know, I think getting Jenkins back too, uh, you know, and again, getting all these guys back is, is significant. Uh, but, but having another of that depth up front, you, you know, I think Kenneth Grant is, is probably will be ready. By the time next year starts, he got a lot more snaps, I think, than people realize this season. But you don't have to necessarily – I mean, I know him and Jenkins don't play the same position, but, like, it allows them to ease these ease a couple more of these young guys into that – into a bigger role still. Michigan should be one of the best run defenses in the country again next year, right? I mean, that really um, – Jalen Her- with Harrell coming – Harrell will be back again. He's Michigan's run stopper at the edge spot. I think Braden McGregor is going to be a popular breakout pick next mm-hmm. year, you know, which I think made it the, the Oki departure was not as maybe as big a deal as people made it out to be. Not to mention they got, you know, Josiah Stewart out of the, uh, out of the portal who we had as a four-star guy, you know, as a guy that. Derek Moore's snap count kept that, going yes, up too. Yes. Derek he played Moore's 41, 41 snaps in the big 10 championship game. There you go. And, and you talk about, he's got that size 
athleticism combo. Uh, you know, not a not your uh, undersized guy who's just way more athletic and can get around. The, I mean, he's got he's a guy that's that offensive tackles are going to have a very hard time with because he can either go by you or he's going to have an array of moves that'll let him run over you or get past you on the inside. So either way, Michigan, uh, excellent. I think special teams will be fascinating next year. I think that's one big area that Michigan's been really <laughs> – I love talking about special teams. But it is one area, though, they're losing both guys. So that's a that's big – That's true. Area. Yep. That's a big area. And, and you're talking about Jake Moody might be Michigan's greatest kicker they've ever had. He's at least top two if not the best. And uh, I know Brad Robbins didn't have the best final season, but he's also punted for four years, I think. So, yeah, well, and he got invited to the NFL draft combine. There I think go. he was, he was someone who, who punting yardage that one like blocked punt against Rutgers actually like kind of kept him out of the top 10 that, of okay. all those rankings, but, but also like his hang time, his placement. I think that's stuff that I wish the special team statistics were more consistently available because um, I think someone like him would get more appreciation. Well, but, so valuable piece either still, way, then, right? Yeah, yeah, valuable. Yeah, Tommy Doman's got He's big shoes. To he knows it. For him. I, I did get to talk to him during the Fiesta Bowl, so I'll eventually. I'm excited. I'm sure you are too. Like this is the 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 most annoying part of the off season. Is yeah, now us. I think now I can take some time off. <laughs> no, I won't take any time off. Maybe, but yeah, we can breathe. We can breathe a. Deep, we can take a take a breath now and and we can start in. digging in and looking yes. at this team and, and Which, fans get to as well. I was yeah. I was just gonna say fans should be excited again. Yeah, should be excited because yeah, on paper this team has a chance. Uh, again, I think you would agree this team has a chance to be better than last year's team did. I mean, it's hard not to think that that's a real possibility uh, with with who they bring back. I mean, um, you know, so yeah, I would say two is fair just based on. Georgia does lose a lot, but Georgia is obviously, uh, I think there's probably five or six teams in the country that don't rebuild. Uh, they absolutely reload. And while Georgia is going to lose a lot of guys, they're bringing in, you know, I, I would imagine, I wouldn't be shocked if they're are on the talent composite, if they're probably even higher. They're not going to have the experience, but just from the way they've recruited the last two or three cycles, uh, I think that they might even be higher ranked in that than they were uh, this season. So, yeah, fascinating to see. But, yeah, I mean, great news overall all around for Michigan today, The kind of the final pieces of the puzzle. And then, uh, yeah, it should be a more enjoyable – should be an enjoyable offseason again to, to break down what what could be a, a nice run of the three-peat at the Big Ten Championship. It'll be enjoyable for the fans. I feel like reporters, we're going to have – I feel like those spring practice interviews are going to be hysterical because we're we're not going to have anything like there's no like what's the biggest question? I mean there are question marks right. so, and I'll I'll have stories about it but it, it is kind of fascinating that like I'll say this if all the teams in the country had to play tomorrow with their current rosters or their or what they have for twenty what they have on campus right now I think I would take Michigan over all of them I, I don't think. I think Georgia, by the time the season comes around, should be the number one team. They've they've earned that. But this Michigan team feels like they could run it, run out a championship caliber roster like tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, it's it's and, it's and like you said, even the spots where they're replacing starters, they're replacing them with guys who have a ton of experience. You talk about Derek Moore. You talk about uh, Braden McGregor has mm-hmm. played a lot, um, and then you know you supplement that and and we were going to do an episode on this. We still can. I'm assuming we'll have all the time in the world to talk about it, but just imagine if Michigan gets a couple instant, a couple more first year contributors out of the recruiting class. I know it's not Two years in a row. They've had right, fantastic freshmen. Yes. Not. I know it's not the class that people envision rankings wise and not, you know, but I do think there are a few guys who, who may have a say, at some point next season. Right. And then, and then we talk about how great the freshman class was this year. There are a lot of, some of the higher ranked guys in that class are guys that have yet to really get their opportunity. Um, like a Zeke Barry or a Keon Sab, uh, you know, particularly in the defensive backfield, Miles Pollard's a guy that, that Steve Klinkscale loved, you know, maybe one of those guys is the answer at corner. Um, 
obviously more thinking towards Pollard and the other two are probably, I think Zeke Barry could be a nickel safety sab, definitely a safety, maybe even a guy they put in the box. Um, well, Makari Page coming back too. Again, you talk about another big time contributor guy that really took a big step forward this year. So, yeah, I mean, even in spots they have to replace, um, they're, they're almost reloading. Really? We, we think about it. Yeah. Even at, even at tight end Colson Loveland. So, oh, um, and AJ Barner. I mean, it's so yeah. like the transfer portal. I I do think Michigan had some necessary wins. I think some of it's an embarrassment of riches thinking about the offensive line, but yeah, I think they actually, um, they actually like really got some big victories in that transfer portal. Thinking about Houseman, uh, Barner, I mean, you could probably go down down the whole list. Yeah, Ladarius Henderson, the whole the whole thing. Yep. yep. And we probably will go down the whole list. And now that the the part where we're like looking over, we're constantly like refreshing uh, our messages or or social media, trying to make sure we don't miss a breaking news story. That part has settled down. Now we get to really dig in. I know I'm going to have a depth chart uh, on offense and on defense tonight, and then start kind of digging into some of the big questions. I. Have a lot of interviews. Got to interview a lot of the guys we don't get to talk to during the Fiesta Bowl Media Week. Um, so going to have some, some fun stories. Kenneth, Kenneth Grant, Tommy Doman, uh, a few others. I'll, I'll, I'll leave a couple of them as surprises. But regardless, for Steve Lorenz, this has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Be sure to check out all of our stories over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. Lots of coverage from the Harbaugh deal of it all, but also this team plenty plenty i mean this is the first i think i probably was kind of like this last season but this is the first off season where i'm saying the fans there's no such thing as too much hype for this team i mean obviously they have to show it on the field but if you're actually looking on paper if and you're a fan this is a team that, that you get to be you can drink the kool-aid on I'll, I'll give you permission to drink the kool-aid on the 2023 michigan football team anyway this has been the wolverine 24 7 podcast we'll see you next time CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday, after the Equalizer, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.